Woo! That was really good. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Lord, you really are beautiful. We declare that this morning. Lord, we're so thankful that we can uh, worship you. And no matter what our circumstances and our situation, where we are found, we can always worship you and bow to you and declare that you are beautiful, Lord. And there will come a day, Lord, where there will be no more tears, there will be no more sorrow. And we'll enter into that, that heavenly place with you. And, and, and we will enjoy our eternity with you. And Lord, we are just so thankful that even today, Lord, in the midst of a world of sorrow and a world of pain, that we can worship you and, and experience heaven on earth. And so, Lord, I just pray for every person that is in the sound of my voice and that we'll hear it later on. I just ask you that your presence would come and touch them right now. I pray the anointing of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the power would begin to rest on your people and begin to touch them and begin to speak to their hearts and minister your love and your compassion and your, and your thoughts to them, Lord. Lord, we're, we're a people who need the thoughts of heaven to be released into the earth. And we're those people who are declaring that we're available for God's anointing. We're available for your thoughts. We're available for your power to flow through us. And Lord, I ask you to do that right now. I pray for every person who's sick. I pray for every person who has a need in their life, every person who has a question. For those who will hear that, this, who don't know you, who have never come to the way, to the truth, to the life, that today, Lord God, they would come to you. They would surrender themselves to you. They would surrender their lives, their hearts, their minds to you. And they would give themselves fully to you and trust you for their eternity, Lord. Because that's what you have, Lord. You have an eternity. You have a purpose. You have a plan for all of us. And our eternity begins right this moment. Our eternity begins, Lord, today. And we believe, Lord, that you have plans for us to prosper us. Plans of goodness, plans of mercy, and plans of love. Lord, I pray particularly for those who are suffering this morning with, um, with any kind of disease with any kind of like cancer or any kind of, uh, I feel like the Lord's speaking to me right now about blood diseases, issues with your blood. It could be low uh, hemoglobin, hemoglobin or whatever they call that, any kind of blood disease, uh, any like leukemia even, uh, any kind of these things that our blood uh, is affected because the Bible declares that the life is in the blood. And I want to speak over people's blood today. I want to speak life into that. I want to speak the blood of Jesus into our blood, our natural blood, and let his life flow in our, in our veins, in our capillaries. Uh, if, you're, if you have issues with veins, if you have any kind of issues in the realm of your, your blood flow, I believe the Holy Spirit is, is healing that. The Holy Spirit wants to touch that this morning and make your blood full of life and full of wholeness. Uh, I pray, uh, Lord, for people's, um, the red corpuscles and white corpuscles, I pray right now that they would be in balance, they would be whole, uh, they would do what they're called to do, what you designed them to do in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're healing right now. 
you're healing all kinds of things. Lord, you're a healer. I declare that. I declare that Jesus is the healer and he is healing right now. He, by his stripes, we are healed and that healing is manifesting. Lord, we're pulling on that today in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that you're, you're our healer. Jesus is our healer. And we declare that. We declare healing for the United States of America. Lord, our nation needs a healing. Our nation needs a move of God. Our nation needs an awakening. Uh, Lord, we don't just need uh, uh, the pandemic to go away. We don't just need the political stuff to, to come to peace. Uh, we don't need just riots to end. Lord, we need a move of the Holy Spirit. We need God to show up in America in a big way like he never has. And, Lord, I, I do believe you will. I believe that's your plan. I believe that's your purpose. I believe we're going to all be shocked that there's going to be a suddenly that's going to come to this nation. And uh, I do believe... Uh, I'm just declaring this because I believe with all my heart that there's going to be a, a move of God, and it's going to be everywhere, but it's going to be nowhere. It's going to be with the nobodies. It's going to be with the, with the unknowns. It's going to be in barns. It's going to be in small places. And it's going to be with people that we would have never dreamed. And we're declaring we're those people. We're one of those barns that there's, the glory of God is going to come and going to rest in this earth and people from all over can come and experience the glorious presence of Jesus Christ and the mighty power of the Holy Spirit and the mighty love of the Father. I want to declare that this morning to you and say that's what I believe God has in store for you and I and for our nation and for the nations. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We, Lord, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem this morning. I read earlier today at 5 o'clock uh, Jerusalem time, they're going to go into a very strict lockdown in Israel for two weeks because of the coronavirus. And, and it's going to be very strict, much stricter than what they've experienced before. So we just pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, we pray for wisdom. We pray for the body of Christ over there that's uh, suffering. Uh, and we ask you, Lord, to, to do miracles in Israel. Uh, we ask you, Lord, to, that the peace of Jesus, shalom, would just get released over there. And there would be some miracles that would begin to take place in Israel uh, that would affect the whole world. Uh, we're asking you for that, Lord, because we know that the, the, the end time revival, the greatest of all revivals, will come out of Jerusalem. It will come out of there. It came out of there uh, originally, and it's going to come out of there again. And we're, we're believing for that today. We're believing to see the, the Jewish nation uh, come into fullness of their, of their Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, God bless you. Um, that was my uh, transition. <laughs> now I'm going to... Uh, I'm the, I'm the one-man show. I don't want to be a one-man show. I want to be a no-man show. But like I said earlier, we've given everybody the day off. Uh, that's why we did the worship the way we did. We gave our worship team. We wanted everybody to have a day off except our great uh, mission control team. We're so thankful for them or we wouldn't be doing any of this. But uh, <clears throat> we've had so many amazing people do announcements, do transitions, do worship, uh, do, do all this stuff, do the stuff behind the scenes. Uh, and I'm, I just want to again say thank you for what you've done. You have, you've been a blessing and you've made a difference. You really have. You're you're amazing people. You're godly people. And I, I promise you this, because the Word of God promises that God is not unjust to forget, that He would forget your labor of love of how you have ministered to His people. And He is going to reward you. 
And don't think just because you're not preaching or, or you're behind the scenes, so to speak, do not think that's a lesser, lesser role in the body of Christ. It's not a lesser role. It's all, in, in God's eyes, it's all to Him. And, and it's all washing His feet and washing the feet of His people. And, he, and I promise you, God takes note of all of that. Amen. Well, I'm going to uh, try to quit preaching. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. And do these announcements. And if, if I can never live up to how Maya or some of these other people do it. But the, I wanted to tell you the, to remember the Father's table. We fed 21 families last week right before Christmas. Uh, we helped feed 21. That was just this past week. So, Wow. I am so blessed by that ministry. Thank you, Barbara and Valerie. I know Valerie's been having, but thank you for all the people who have donated money, who've donated food, who've donated their time to make the Father's Table a reality. And so, you know, this morning as we release the offering, if you want to give a financial a blessing, and you can signal, you can you know make that to the Father's Table, make it out to River Life, but put the Father's Table. It all goes there, and believe me. All the money, all the food, it all goes to... Nobody's getting any of that money. It's, it's all going to feed hungry people. And I am just so blessed that we have been able to do that. And we have fed so many families this year. I don't know how many, but way more than we have in any other year because the, the need is so great and the need continues to be great. So thank you, everybody who's given and everybody who tirelessly labors in that ministry. It truly is a... a Truly Holy Spirit ministry. Also want to remind you about the 2020 contribution statements. You know, every year you get a little letter from me that says this is how much you gave. Uh, all that's printed automatically. I don't really look at what people give, to be honest with you. That's between you and God, not between me, you, and God. But you, if you need to, if you, if you have an address change, make sure you get that in to amy at riverlifefellowship.com uh, so she, you can get your statement and you'll, you'll have that. We're going to begin to work on that after the first year. So if you want to give and you want it to be on this year, this is a great day to do it because everything has to be, uh, quote, postmarked by the last day of the year. Um, so we're going to kind of segue, segue into the, to the offering now. So, again, you're getting, the, you're getting me doing stuff that I don't, I'm not really good at. Thank you. Denise said I was doing great, but you know Denise is just like, a, she's a mama, and they're going to always tell you something good because that's the way mamas are. Thank you, Lord, for mamas. And she's been a great mom in our church. Uh, so there's four ways you can give. Most of you know this. You can uh, text to give, uh, 77977, with the keyword River Life, and you will receive an automated reply with instructions about how to give electronically. So that's, that's a way. Or you can visit our re- website, www.riverlifefellowship.com, okay? And there's a giving button. It's located in the upper right-hand corner of our homepage. So you just click on that button and, you know, follow the instructions. Or you can do an app. We actually have an app. Uh, and so you need to download the app. The way you download the app is text 77977 with the keyword River Life app. And it, you will receive a reply uh, to download the app. And once you've downloaded the app, make sure that you select Mooresville Campus and not Chapel Hill Campus. <laughs> we don't want all our money going over there. But, you know, if you want to give some money over there, that would be good too. So, But anyways, 
that was. And then there's the old-fashioned way for, for old-school people like me is the old pull the write the check, stick it in the mail, P.O. Box 1312, Mooresville, North Carolina, 28115, and that money will go to the P.O. Box, and it'll be counted. So that's the way we do it. And I pray that you would have a given heart this morning. Uh, God loves a cheerful giver. He really does, and He loves us to be cheerful, and God really wants to bless you, bless your finances. So let me just pray and, uh, you know, give what you will. Uh, so, Father, thank you today that you've, you've kept us. Lord, you've blessed many people financially in a year that's been traumatic financially, um, where people have lost their jobs and people have really suffered uh, and but there's many that have been blessed, and I just thank you for that. And I, Lord, I just believe that that you really do want to uh, bless people in the realm of finances, and you want to increase people's ability to give and to be able to bless others. And I just ask you to do that. I pray you bless this offering, Lord. It all be used for your glory, for your honor, Lord. Thank you for the givers. I pray they'd be blessed above and beyond what they could ask or think. It would be way beyond their giving, way way beyond. It would just be, Lord, we're not asking for sevenfold or ten. We're asking, Lord, just for absolute outrageous return in people's lives financially, Lord, and for their time and their talents that they've given. They've just experienced an outrageousness in the name of Jesus. Well, amen. Thank you for that, and thank you for being such good, good uh, listeners. Um, now, so like I say, I'm the jack of all trades and master, master of none this morning. Amen. <laughs> so I'm going to shift into more what I normally do now, which is I'm going to uh, have a message I want to give you. Um, so I don't have these amazing people who usually pray for me right before I preach. So I'm just going to imagine that you're praying for me right now and that you're going to pray that God will give me an anointing to do this and actually release something this morning, uh, not just give a, a sermon or, or a talk, but really release something from heaven. That's my, that's my goal. That's always my goal. That's my dream. So this is the last Sunday of the year, um, and I was just really seeking the Lord about what to say, what was on His heart for us uh, to because it's been such a a crazy year, like never before, uh, you know, it's just been really challenging for all of us. I mean, for every one of us, we are, and, and, and there's so much uncertainty still in front of us, and there's so much that we don't uh, know, you know, we, there's just, just a lot of unknown. We're really in a, an amaz- a major transition, I believe, uh, in our nation and in the body of Christ. I believe we're in a major shift. Uh, and I do believe that. And I want to encourage you. And I, I'm, I'm kind of encouraging you like a, just take this like a father would, would t- towards the, his children that he loves. Is that our future, many, our future is being determined. And it's very important that we, the way we act now, okay, because we are, you know, the Bible really is clear about choices. You know, we make our choices, and our choices make us. 
Now, that's really a biblical truth. It's not just a saying, but if you study the Scripture, the Scriptures really teach us that. Uh, and, so, and we're all responsible for our choices and our decisions we're making. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you, as a, you know, like a father would a child, is, is, is consider. You know, the Bible says consider your ways. And, and consider the choices that you're making and consider why you're making these choices um, because your future is being determined. And, and so, you know, I have some concerns about people with some of the things I'm hearing coming out of their mouth. I really am, there's concern, uh, and, I, and it's godly concern. So I just want to encourage you, uh, you know, that God really loves you, and God really has something for you. He's got something for you, and He's really inviting you in this time into His heart, to embrace His heart. We've gotten so caught up in a lot of what's going on in this world, in the world, that it's going to, it may be easy to lose touch with that heart that's so yearning for you. And that's the only way we, any of us can make the right choices and decisions. We, it's making them in Christ. So I, I just want to encourage you uh, and hope that you, you know, hear my heart. Um, I want to talk to you this morning about uh, what we need to help us right now uh, to recover our hearts and recover from some of the things we've gone through, plus help us be equipped to go forward. And uh, it's a phrase called the word of his grace, the word of his grace. Um, several years ago, over 15 years ago, 16, 17 years ago, more like, is <clears throat> I, was having, I was on the phone having a conversation with Becky. She was out of town, and we were talking about grace, the, the, the topic of grace. And as we were talking, I was driving down the road, I, and, and I was coming into the church, into the church parking lot. And as we were, suddenly I had this, this uh, like, open vision. And w- what I saw, I saw standing before me a door. And the door was cracked open, maybe an inch, maybe like an inch to the door, like it was a jar, an inch. And all behind that door, around where I could see around the cracks, it was full of light, it was absolutely, it was just, it was brilliant light, and it was coming out of the cracks. And, and I, at that moment, made a decision in my heart. Uh, and, the deci- and, and I didn't ask the Holy Spirit. I didn't ask. I just said, I am going through that door. I'm not asking. I wasn't even thinking about asking. I just saw there's light in there. There's something beautiful in there, and the door is not shut. It's not locked. It's a jar. And I, in in my heart, in the spirit, I pushed through that door and walked into this place of grace, this amazing revelation of grace. And it really began right there in my life where it shifted me. It totally shifted my life, and I, I look back on it as being a, uh, a deciding moment, a deciding encounter in my life spiritually where everything changed for me after that. And um, after, not long after that, Becky had a dream about, about grace, and she actually saw a river. And this is, this, is my, this is Becky's words. The river is so beautiful, it takes your breath away. It is very is a very deep sapphire blue color. It has 
this power to draw you into it. That's what I experienced with that door. It was drawing me. It wasn't a matter of, hey, Lord, should I do this? No, he was pulling on me to do it. He was drawing me. That's what that river does. It draws you when you begin to see it. But, listen to this, but it's also very dangerous. The river of grace, the revelation of grace is very dangerous. It's a very dangerous revelation. Let me, let me say some of the reasons why it's dangerous. Um, but, because people take grace and can really pervert it and really twist it and really misuse it, okay? And it's terrible what has been done to this revelation and this, this thing called grace by some maybe well-meaning people. I don't know. It's not mine to judge, but I will tell you it's very dangerous. You know, grace is a lot like electricity in my mind. Electricity is a beautiful, amazing gift to mankind and we couldn't live the way we live without electricity we couldn't we we couldn't have the food we couldn't have the water you know that's why the the power grid of a nation is a very important thing because life really as the way we live life cannot be sustained apart from electricity so it's a beautiful 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 gift but i'll tell you one thing electricity is very i've known people in my life that were literally electrocuted i grew up in the electric electrical world Okay, so I've known people who worked in that world and, and were electrocuted because they, because they broke the rules, the laws of electricity. They misused it. They mishandled it. And just like uh, electricity, we can misuse and mishandle the revelation of grace. You know, so uh, <clears throat> I wanted to read these scriptures here. Um, it's, this is like, you know, there are like two main scriptures that God used in my life back in those days that have just stuck with me. This, the one here in Acts uh, 20 that I'm going to read to you, and the other one in, in uh, Titus 2, verse 11 and 12, is two very more really important um, scriptures. But let, I just want to read this one this morning and give you some, uh, some thoughts about this that I think will really help you. Uh, it says, and actually this is the first time I've really... Uh, spoken on this in a long time because I feel like God was speaking to me about it and, and wanted me to share this with you. So I really want you to receive an impartation of this, just like I received an impartation that day when I went through that, that, that door. It says, so now, brethren, this is Paul uh, speaking to the uh, elders and leaders of the Ephesus church. So now, and it was when he was leaving them, he says, so, so now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace. That's the phrase. The word of his grace. Which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. For years, that, that verse was pivotal in my life. It was amazing in life. But over time, God added some more stuff to it. He added some more, some, some more breadth and depth to it. Uh, Paul goes on to say, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he says, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So that's a kind of a little... A little uh, outline that Paul gives about the revelation of grace that he carried. And Paul the apostle is, is known as the apostle of grace. He is known as the person in biblical 
in, in, in the Scriptures, in the New Testament, who brought this revelation, was the first one to bring the revelation, obviously apart from Christ, but brought widespread revelation and understanding of grace to the body of Christ. In fact, they say if you take all of Paul's writings, all his letters, Ephesians, Philippians, all of them, uh, put them together, and it's like every, every one-third of the page, if they want, you know, page after page, it would, he mentions grace. He introduces all of his letters with grace to you, you know. I mean, it's just amazing, this man who carried this revelation of grace. It's like John the Apostle carried a revelation of love. Paul carried a revelation of grace. So he, you know, he really, it's, it's just power-packed of what he says and what he brings that grace really is all about. And these scriptures sort of capture the heart of what Paul's revelation of grace uh, was and how he wants us to have this same revelation. Uh, the first thing he said that, that grace is a builder. Grace is a that's the first thing. Is, in fact, I would say grace is the master builder. It says uh, there in verse thirty-two. It says that it's able to build you up. Build you. Up. In other words, grace is able to build you up. To build up here means to establish, to make firm, to confirm. To bring confirmation to the believer's life. That's, that's what it does. So here, here's what it is. Imagine a house. I, this is how I, I've always seen this verse. A house that has been in a terrible storm. And the house, the wind has blown hard. The, the storm that Jesus even said in Matthew 7 at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. That the storms would come. The wind would beat on the house. The rains would come and beat on the house. Okay, and if that house was not built on the rock, it would it would completely fall down. Well, we're people who our lives are built on the rock, but we're also people who have experienced terrible adversity. And this year has been a year of adversity and a year of challenge. And it's like shingles get blown off, you know, windows get broken, siding gets pulled off. Uh, trees fall around us and bring damage. Just, just bring that picture in your mind of a house. That's what Paul's trying to describe there. And here he's saying that grace can actually build this house back up, repair this house, and make this house, the, bring it back to what it was supposed to be. And that's really what a lot of us need right now because of the troubles of this year has, have beat hard on us. We need God and the word of his grace to come in and to rebuild us, to restore us, to bring us back up to, to the standards that God meant for us to have. Um, and so here's some things I wrote down about the word of his grace. The word of his grace builds a useful structure out of a life of ruins. In other words, your life can become useful even with the ruins around you and the situations and the circumstances around you and even your loss of things this year, God, the word of his grace is the thing that can make, again, make this a, you a useful person, a useful human being. It, it builds purpose out of a life of confusion. Purpose out of a... And man, there's so much confusion in our world today and we need purpose. We, need, we don't need... Listen, y'all, we don't need political purpose we don't need a medical purpose unless you happen to be a doctor or happen to be a politician. If that's God called you, yes, you need that as part of your calling. But as believers, we need the purposes that God has given us. To be the body of Christ, to be Christ in this earth. That's what the word of his grace 
does. It builds security out of fear and anxiety. <laughs> My goodness. Is our world full of fear and anxiety? Are so many Christians out there just, just ate up with fear, ate up with anxiety? Well, the word of His grace will cause you to become secure. It will build security back into your heart if you've lost those things. It really will. It will build purpose back into your life. It builds strength out of weakness. Strength out of weakness. When we just come to, and I'll tell you, that's really Paul's revelation of grace was, in my weakness, I'm strong. That was what God spoke to him. Paul, when you're weak, you're strong. And so really we have to embrace this, this weakness that we feel and this, this, this loss that we feel. If we'll begin to embrace all that and embrace the Lord in that, the word of His grace can, can build strength into us. It builds permanence and stability out of wavering uncertainty. <laughs> we have faced some problems this year we've never faced. We've had to make some decisions. And, and there has been moments of so much uncertainty. I'll, I'll tell you, man, this has really been challenging, trying to make some decisions about the church, about meeting, about mask, about social. All of these things have been so challenging. We've never faced stuff like that before. And yet the word of His grace will give us this stability and this permanence in our decisions. In other words, it will, when He speaks of permanence, it means being settled again on the rock and trusting Him. It, will builds, it builds beauty out of loss and brokenness. It builds beauty out of... So if, you are, if you've suffered a lot of loss this year and you feel like you're at a broken place... You know, God has prom- is promising you that if you will allow the word of His grace in your life, it will bring beauty to you. It will bring beauty to your life again and into your situation again. You know, years ago the Lord spoke to me, there's no waste in the kingdom of God. There's no waste. If we will allow, if we will allow God in the word of His grace, uh, and we'll give it and we'll surrender and just let go, y'all, it's not a time to grasp. It's not a time to grasp to what your life the way you think it should be. It's really a time to surrender to the Lord. And everything that you have that you're stewarding over, it's time to hold it in, with an open hand and not with tight fists and trying to hold on and make everything right and make everything stable. It's time to hold it in an open hand and let, let God and the word of His grace to work in your life. Otherwise, all this stuff will beat you to death. It will beat you to death. People's opinions, what everybody else is doing, what everybody else is thinking, what the government's saying, what the CDC is saying, all these things would just bring confusion. But if, if, as we let go and we surrender our hearts to the Lord and allow the word of His grace to come, God will do what only God can do. And the word of His grace will build you up and restore you and bring you back to a place of health and wholeness. I love what uh, Arthur Burke said. He said, let your past failures be the fertilizer of your future success. We can let 2020 be fertilizer to create a success for us in the future. But it's, that's the choice. That's the decision that we have to determine. Are we going to let it be a fertilizer or are we going to let it be this toxic thing that gets rooted down in our soul? And that's, that's one of the first things that Paul uh, said the word of his grace would do. The other one is just the second thing here is... The word of his grace gives us an inheritance. Wow. Now listen, this is a topic, inheritance, spiritual inheritance, that I have spent the past two or three years really, you know, immersing myself in. I'll say this. 
understanding the inheritance we have is beyond our thinking. I've discovered that. You can't really fully understand. Here's some things that the Bible is talking about. When, or Paul was talking about, he's talking about every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. That's, that's Ephesians 1.3. Peter says it like this. He says it's a priceless inheritance in 1 Peter 1.4. And then in 2 Peter 1.4, Peter says this. It is, it is those great and precious promises. These are promises that enable you to share his divine nature. That's our inheritance. We're able to share. So his di- the, the, the divine nature is everything we see in Christ. Everything. Because we have inherited Christ. Okay, that's, that's the thing. And so we're heirs of Christ. We're heirs of his nature, his wisdom, his righteousness, his peace, his glory, his kingdom, his power, his authority, his joy, his, all these things are ours in Christ. That's that's a part of our inheritance. That's an amazing part of our inheritance. The word of His grace establishes you in love, power, a sound mind, holiness, being made accepted in the beloved. Wow, everybody wants that. Everybody wants to feel accepted and loved. That's what the word of His, His grace will do. That's a part of this inheritance. It's also your calling. It's also your purpose, your destiny, and the dream that God has put in your heart. See, see how big this thing is that the word of His grace is able to give you. All these things, this is how all this comes to us and how all this is manifested. It's also, listen to this, everything that's personally precious to you, your children, your grandchildren, those, the, your, your, the, the spouse that you love, the friendships that are dear to you, the, the community that God has placed you in, uh, the, the, the little things in your life that you love to do and little things that you love to have. Just, it's different for everybody. These all are a part of this inheritance that the word of His grace is able to give you and help you be established in. You know, and so what we have to do is health. It's our physical health. It's our mental health. It's just, it goes on. It's the presence of the Lord, the the sweet presence of the Lord in your life. It's all of these things. That is what our inheritance in Christ is. It's all of these things. And God wants us to have it. Jesus said, hey, they were complaining to Jesus one day that they had done all, we've forsaken this, we've given up this. He said, listen, you can get a hundred times that plus more in this life and the life to come. His inheritance is boundless. And the word of his grace is able to give it to you. Let me encourage you today, you know, uh, don't be distracted by the cares of this world, the sorrows of this world, and all this going on in our world. Don't let that distract you away from your inheritance in Christ, your purpose, your dreams, your family, all these important things I just mentioned, and even more. Don't allow this to rob you of that. Just, just don't do it. Just, you know, I just really want to encourage you to recenter on who you are in Christ and what Christ means to you and, what, and who he is as an inheritance to you. The beautiful thing about this, for years those, that was my two main uh, points of what the word of his grace gave and did in my life, but I've realized I, I stopped a little short. There's another thing it does. Listen to this. The word of his great grace, this is very important, takes away the love of money and things. It takes away. Paul said, listen, I didn't covet nobody's silver or gold or their apparel, their clothing. That's what he said. And why didn't he do it? Because the word of his grace was in him. 
And he wasn't coveting what other people had. He wasn't, you know, feeling this. So we live in such a materialistic society. And we don't realize how much materialism affects us. We don't realize that the, the lust of the eyes, the things that we look at that we want and we desire. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. I drive, a, I drive a nice car. It's a, two, a you know, 2015 model car, but it is really a nice car. Okay, nicer than anything I ever dreamed of having. And I believe the Lord wanted me to have that car because, like, boy, I'd love to have one of those cars, and, and God made a way for me to get it. I live in a house much nicer than I ever dreamed or wanted even. You know, those are all gifts from the Lord. And I think we can have, I, I want to make this clear, we can have things, material things, gold, silver, apparel, clothes, if that's your thing, whatever. We can have, but do, do those things have you? Okay, that's, that's the key. Do they own you? Do they, are you driven by wanting this and wanting that? Let me uh, read something here. This is really important because, see, the word of his grace will take all that desire out of you where those things can't own you. And when they can't own you, you can own them. See, that's, that's the key. That's the key to that scripture in Proverbs where it says, The Lord adds wealth to a man and no sorrow with it. That's, that's what we want. We want God adding it to us and not bringing the sorrow. Listen, listen to what Paul uh, shared with, in, with Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. I hope you guys are getting something this morning. He says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare. This is what the Word of God says. And into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. This, this is what we're talking about here. This is what the Word of His grace will keep from happening to you. For the love of, man, I don't know why I wrote that down wrong. For the love of money, I wrote it down wrong. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. You, you see that? They pierced himself through many sorrows because of a, he didn't say the he didn't say money was the root of all evil. He said the love of money, having being greedy and all this, and it pierced and it pierces people with many sorrows. Is what he said. It brings sorrow into your life, and that's the beautiful beautiful thing, y'all, about the word of his grace. It will keep that from happening to you. It will take away that from you. It will pull, take away that, that ungodly desire for money and ungodly desire for things, that greed thing, that material. It'll, it'll just remove that where those things are not that important. And then God's free to, to, to trust you with stuff and, and allow you to be stewards of, of things and of stewards of money and wealth. And I believe God really is looking for people that he can store large amounts of finances too. And, and the key is, is allowing the word of his, his grace to work in your heart and take away the greed, take away the materialism, and thus keeping you from lots of sorrow and brokenness in your life. You know what? The next thing he, he, Paul talks about, he talked about up there in, in um, verse 34 and 35 about working that he worked with his own hands to provide for himself and for his associates, the people he was with. In other words, he didn't go and expect everybody else to do for him, to give to him. Listen, y'all, grace 
the word of his grace, hardworking people. The older I've gotten in my life, the more I value hardworking people, people who want to work and people who have a heart to work, uh, whether it's work in the kingdom, work in the church, or just their natural jobs where they go to work and they're, they're providing. Years ago, that was one of the things about this revelation of grace is, is one of the perversions of it, that you don't do nothing. You know, well, that's just the opposite of the truth. Let me read what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10. He said, But by the grace of God I am what I am, and His grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. He's talking about the other apostles. I labored more abundantly. I worked harder than any of them. I worked harder than Peter. I worked harder than John. That's what he was saying. But listen to this. Yet not I... But the grace of God which was with me. The grace will cause you to want to work. It'll put a servant's heart in you. It'll cause you to want to serve others. It will cause you to wash, wash the feet. It'll cause, see, that's what it'll do for you. Grace will make you into a hardworking person and, and you will be, be rewarded. Um, you know what? It, it gives you this passion to meet other people's needs. Because Paul said not only did he work really hard with his own hands to provide his own needs, but for those other people who are with him. You hear what I'm telling you? See, that's what grace will put in you. It'll put a desire, it'll put a passion in you to help other people who can't be helped. Um, it says this, Proverbs nineteen seventeen is a very famous verse. It, it says, He... Who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord, or he who who gives to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will pay back what he has given. The Lord will pay you back when you allow the grace of God to work in your life and you begin to give to people. And and I know I'm probably preaching to the choir here because of what I said earlier, helping feed 21 families this week. This is what this is talking about. Let me tell you, I promise you, God took note of that. He took note of what you gave to feed those families, and God will pay you back. That's the word of the Lord. And you see, that's what grace will do in us. It will give us a desire. It'll give, we will see people that are hurting. We will see people that are in need, and we won't turn ourselves from them, but we will look for ways to help them. I love what Ronald, Ronald, former President Ronald Reagan said this. He said, we can't help everyone but everyone can help someone. Everyone can help someone. And what we need to be asking the Holy Spirit is who are those that we're supposed to help, Lord? You know, because, hey, I want to lend to the Lord. Okay? Because I know the way God pays back. He pays back with interest. Okay? He, like, oh, you, you gave $100 to feed some poor well, you can't outgive me. I'm going to give you 500 back because you have lent that money to the Lord or you've went out and bought groceries or, or whatever it may be. I'm just using that as an example because there's a variety of ways that the grace of God works in your life. And I'm so thankful for that in my own life and thankful that I... I love this story. I've told it on Becky a few times. Is that, you know Becky is a very given person, ridiculously. Like, oh, no, Becky, don't. You know, she's always wanting to give money away or give stuff away. And I'm just telling her, it's really the truth about her. Her, her mom was like that. Her mom was insane about giving. She would give to people constantly when she had nothing. And I was thank, I'm thankful that I grew up in a family. We always had other families living with us that were down and out people. You know, you know, 
as long as there was kids involved, I was happy to play, you know, other kids that we could have fun with, uh, you know, but we, you know, we didn't, we grew up not having anything ourselves, but what we had as a family, if there was other people in need, we shared what we had. That, just the heart of our families, but I remember one time Becky and I went to this restaurant, and uh, actually we were, we were with Bob and Bonnie Jones, it was a few years ago, and uh, and the, the waitress really loved Becky's pocketbook. And, uh, you know, they chit-chatted about pocketbooks. You know, I wasn't paying no attention, like, duh, you know, pocketbooks. We get out of the car, and she said, hang on a second. She takes her pocketbook, and she dumps it all on the floorboard of the car and goes and gives this pocketbook to this waitress. And when she was doing it, I was like, Becky, don't do that. <laughs> she don't need that pocketbook. She just liked it. No, I'm, I feel like God wants her to have my pocketbook. And that's a little thing. You know, a pocketbook's not a big deal, except I think it was an expensive pocketbook. <laughs> I, don't, I would be ashamed to pay, pay that much money for pocketbooks. That some, some people do. Some people like Becky. But, <laughs> but I'm just saying that was... See, that's not Becky. That's the grace of God in her, working in her. And, and that's, what, that's what God wants for all of us. You know... You know, we can't help everyone. Ronald Reagan was 100%. It would overwhelm you if, you if you try to help everyone. But you can't help someone. And if you'll pay attention to the Holy Spirit, He'll bring people into your path that need help. And you give them money and, or you give them some, you know, advice, whatever it may be that you have to give. I just believe that's one of the major things, you know. So I want to encourage you to find someone to help between you and the Holy Spirit. Find somebody that needs help. Help them. That's grace at work. And there's power in that. Okay, the last thing I wanted to share. Whew, I hope we're good. Uh, uh, number five, I'm going to look at Acts 14, verse 3. It's the other word of His grace. The word of His grace is a key to release signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. Hey, folks, we're going to see the gospel preached in power before this thing's said and done with us. Okay, Listen. If the church in the United States is being squeezed, okay, if we are being squeezed, it's time for us to come forth in power. If we're just being squeezed because uh, the political climate doesn't like Christianity, that's just not enough. That's not enough. That's not a good thing. Here's a good thing. Let's be squeezed because we're releasing the power of God into our environment and we're an actual real threat to the government's and to the powers of this world, that we become a threat. And the only way we can become a threat is we have the power of God operating on us. That's why Rome was so afraid of Christianity that they made it their official religion so they can tame it and control it. And we, in, in, in a lot of sense, we've been tamed and controlled since that time. But listen to this. Listen, man. It says, therefore, and Paul and Barnes was out preaching... And it says, therefore, they spent a long time there speaking boldly with reliance upon the Lord who was testifying to the word of His grace. God was testifying to the word of His grace, granting that signs and wonders be done by whose hand? By their hand. Their hand. Not God's hand. Not God's hand. Here was the key. They were declaring the word of His grace. And because they were declaring it, God granted signs and wonders by their hand. Our job is to get this anointing 
to get this declaration of the word of His grace, let that become the reality of what we declare, what we boldly speak, and God will begin to grant to us signs and wonders, healings, miracles, and these things. Then, if the world comes against us then, we can really rejoice like, yay, it's worth it. Okay? But I'm going to tell you, to me, it's just not worth it if we're going to be nice church. Nice church is not changing the world. Nice church is not a threat to powers and principalities. But God in the word of His grace is. God in the word of His grace is dangerous. It's like electricity. It's power. It has the ability to bring forth things. And I do believe, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today. You know, if you're seeing a doorway with light behind it, I don't stop to ask God. He's given you the green light. The green light is pushed through that door in your heart. Just... Just say, yes to God, I want this. I want all of this, Lord. I don't want to be materialistic, Lord. I need to be, I need to be restored, Lord. I need this health to come back into my life again. Spiritual health first, Lord. Make me spiritually healthy. And let make, then make my body healthy and, re, and repair me from all the damage that has been done to me in my life in general and specifically over the past year. All the disappointment and hurt and loss I've went through and questions. Heal me and, and restore me, Lord. And also, Lord, I am just looking for your inheritance in my life to be manifest. I don't want to wait to get, I get to heaven. That's ridiculous. That's totally ridiculous. Jesus said, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want it to begin to manifest in my life now. I want when I pray for people, they be healed and delivered from demonic powers. Lord, that's part of our inheritance. I want my family to be blessed. I want my family to flow in an anointing. I want spiritual prosperity. I want natural prosperity. I want to become a, like God, allow me to be a steward of great wealth, to be able to feed many thousands of people. These are things God wants to do, and, and He wants to release signs and wonders. He wants us to be hardworking people. And if any of this is speaking to your heart this morning, that you would receive this to, to begin to get... About brought back to a place of wholeness and then to move forward into the year ahead. And even though our circumstances may not change a whole bunch, may not. We don't know yet how things are going to go. But we can change a whole bunch. We can become those, those people of His grace, the Word of His grace. And I just pray that you would receive an impartation today of God and the word of his grace. I pray that would be your reality. And, and so let me just pray to, to bring this to a conclusion. Father, I just thank you for, for, Lord, that you have given us this amazing gift, the word of your grace. And I just ask you, Lord, let it begin to burn in our hearts, Lord, like never before, Lord. That there needs to be a, a burning, Lord, like the men on the road to Emmaus, when you spoke to them, they said their hearts burned as they walked and talked to you. That was because the word of your grace, because, Lord, you're full of grace and truth, and that was causing their hearts to come alive, and the disappointments and the hurts that they had previously felt was being burned away and cast away and the love of God and the power of God and the declaration of God was being imparted into them. The grace of God was being imparted to him. The truth of God was being imparted to those men. And I'm asking you today to do that with us. That we would burn again, Lord. We'd be burning hearts for you, Lord. 
And we would not be people just so overcome and so afraid and so insecure about what's going on around us. But we could begin to see this world with your eyes, Lord. And see what you're thinking about what's going on. And have your wisdom to make practical decisions, Lord. About our family's health. About our situations. About our jobs, Lord. About our children's schooling. All these things that are important, Lord. Lord, even your perspective on the politics. Lord, here we are. If we are thinking about this wrong, we want to think right. We want to think what you think. Lord, we don't want to be married to our opinions. We we want to divorce our opinions and, Lord, be married to your thoughts. And so I just ask you to release that to your people today. And I bless your people, and I'm thankful for them. And God bless you, and just have a wonderful rest of this year. And may your next year be so much more better than this year. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. Goodbye. Take the breath.